0: What do Ronan O'Gara and Stephen Ferris think about the Lions squad announcement? Why is Sam Warburton's role as captain so important and the guys tell us how Munster and Leinster can win this weekend? It's all coming up on The Hard Yards.
1: The Hard Yards, brought to you by Ladbrokes, passionate about sport.
2: With fantastic support, half of Ireland were here, the rest of them are hopefully smiling (laughs) at home.
1: We had a bet earlier in the year, 20 euros, that if we won
0: it I wouldn't cry but... It's uh, the best twenty quid I'll ever spend. He's Eastland.
3: Well he picks it up quickly and off he goes. Drops it off the Hinkshaw! Robbie Hinkshaw scores it! Rugby history! Ireland beat the All Blacks for the first time.
0: Hello and welcome to episode twelve of the Hard Yards, the Sports Joe Rugby Podcast. I am Andy McGee and with me in studio I have Ronan O'Gara and Stephen Ferris. Good morning, gents. Morning. Andy. And joining us here is Sports Joe Rugby reporter Pat McCarthy.
4: Jared Payne. Jared Payne. Yeah, some somebody called Jared Payne's inclusion, I believe. Well, I'm not going to talk about it too much, but uh, just... I, I actually know I will talk about it a little bit, but <laughs> we'll, we'll save that for a bit later on in the we show. We will. So what we have today, there's the,
0: the reaction to Warren Gatlin's 41-man Lions squad pick for the Tour of New Zealand, and we'll also get into the two big games coming up this weekend, Munster Saracens and Claremont against Leinster. Um, first, I was watching a bit of the Sports show live last night. And there was a great story about Andy Powell. Good lad to have on tour. Likes his Big Macs, but... Golf carts and Big Macs. <laughs> golf cards and Big Macs. But that is an interesting thing about Lions Tours. You're thrown in together with players from you wouldn't know personally. Big characters. Is there any other players like that who you discovered a new side of, you thought, just lad, th- this is a decent lad?
2: I think... um you you would know them probably a, a lot um, more than you would think I think if you're playing in the Celtic League you kind of come across the Welsh and the Scottish teams quite often, the European Cup now going away from home happens every second week so in terms of not knowing people um, I would say that's probably a little bit of a myth but knowing the, the great characters that are playing in other countries and other teams is what the Lions is all about and um, from our point of view we're going on that tour with um, Andy Powell just there was every day there was a moment of, of brilliance of light heartedness and he was the, the real character that everyone centred around for for um, good 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 moments throughout the day and it is crucial because you spend a lot of time on your bus be going from to and back from training and they're important that you kind of go hard at training and then you have a bit of a crack on the bus back to the hotel and it becomes a bit of a monotonous routine but if you have people like that himself uh, bouncing off Mike Phillips and bouncing off the other Welsh guys and then Paul O'Connell throws in an old dirty dig, it it Mm -hmm. it just (laughs) becomes a really enjoyable bus trip so um, Feds and myself would be well aware that it's kind of easy to know within kind of 12 hours who you're kind of going to Not hang around, but but who's going to be going to provide the bright moments? And it was just um, never a dull moment with with Andy.
1: Yeah, he's he was such a good lad and um, playing some good rugby back back then. He he sort of went off the ball towards the latter of his career, but a guy who had more fake tan in his wash bag than <laughs> <laughs> than my missus does in the house um, but you know like you would finish a weight session and he was just standing there and he goes oh bud you're looking massive bud you're looking massive look at the size of you bud and that's a, and he just like he was full of confidence and anytime you trained with him he was energetic and brought a lot of life and I think somebody who missed the tour in 2009 was Alan Quinlan you know yeah. obviously you know, it didn't work out the, the way he would have wanted um, but you know, Quinny would probably say this himself he wasn't going to be a, a test starter in South Africa that year but he would have brought a lot to the tour and it's important to have characters on the tour and Quinny would have been the type of guy who would have been running the show on the bus and uh, taking the mickey out of lads and um, bringing a great atmosphere so it's important to have those guys and I know James Haskell was, his name was banded about before, before this Lions tour because he could be one of those guys that brings a lot of a lot of energy and a, a lot of crack uh, to the tour he hasn't made the cut but um, there's definitely a place for Andy Powell on Lions tours that's for sure right James Haskell
2: I I've, I've never met him so I don't I think that that's the value of being a player and actually knowing the guys inside out because your character is going to be tested and um, beyond anywhere else in the world this summer because it's not like they're going to Australia or South Africa this is New Zealand where they're are incredibly passionate beyond passionate for their rugby uh, what they'll tourists will forget is that they're going from summer here where it gets dark at 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock at night to getting dark at half four and it'll be raining most of the time that's our memories of going to New Zealand <laughs> in June it's been a hard three weeks this is that multiplied by 10 at least mm. um, but it is essential that um I mean there was a thing in Munster we had it's what you do for the other 22 hours when you're not training and they're crucial in terms of gelling the team together and uh, people playing for each other and it's only essentially the players who'll be able to answer that because they will have a pattern they will have a system they will have a game plan but um, rugby's about digging in for each other and how much it really means to you and that's the biggest challenge facing these guys uh,
1: and, I, and I think as well is like you can get burnout very very quickly on a a tour and it's really important that you also enjoy it and if the guys go down there and their main focus is just to go out every single day in training and just this win 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 and think about nothing else when it comes to the test series the lads will be like getting fed up and you know we seen in the in the World Cup with Ireland, like you know, just the constant pressure and a toll on Ireland's display in the it's Just you need to be able to relax. You need to have team days out. You need to have a bit of, a bit of fun and get away from the game as well. Because yes, essentially you're there to win a to win a land series, but geez, no man can go anywhere and, and and be stuck in the same place, hotel life for six, seven, eight weeks, whatever it may be and um and and get results you need to have an enjoyment factor involved in it as well.
4: was there a big night out like in '09, like where everybody just kind of free bar to have don't worry about that lads or anything just to blow off a bit of steam? Yeah there was before we went to the night. tour.
2: <laughs> 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 but I think every year that gets um more and more important. Fez's point is really interesting because um you can become consumed by it and you will be consumed in New Zealand because there aren't many outs, and that'll be a really um, interesting challenge for the Lions management team to f- see can they provide that distraction because you have a lot of players there uh, on paper that look like very serious pros. But as you say, sometimes the very serious pros, um, It do- if they're all very serious together, where's their outlet? Mm-hmm. So it makes. Um, makes for a really good point point. And
0: the contrast between this tour in New Zealand and Australia for example last time around I mean people who haven't been to Australia don't realise how far down the pecking order Rugby Union is mm. like even in the newspaper media coverage it wasn't a
2: big thing down there like not compared to the coverage it will get in New Zealand Oh no they'll be in, they will be completely I think blown away by it I think um the one thing the Kiwis do well, sorry, they do many things well, is but they play the game exceptionally well. Their supporters are so in tune with it, and um, they just produce um, rugby players upon rugby players that are better than the previous generation. You look at the form of of um, the Barretts, for example. At the minute, Bowden has gone to a whole new level. His younger brother has the capacity to go to that level.
0: Yeah, they've they've perfected cloning now as well. Yeah,
2: <laughs>
4: And, and the White locks. C- yeah. You
2: can. You can laugh at that, but it's when you're actually sitting down and watching it it's it's not once off on a Saturday morning, it's every time you watch Super Rugby. So that's just as an example of um the talent that they'll be facing and um I think what separates them too from South Africa and Australia is how mentally strong they are and their just belief in each other. So um it's a big challenge, but as Svez says you've gotta be excited about it and the opportunity to do something that no one else has done and I think that probably Uh, it's crucial in terms of how they go about enjoying it and making it something um, they really want to achieve as opposed to we've got to win we've got to win our first game or second game I don't think that's the approach So the enjoyment
0: factor I mean I suppose that starts for a player when you're named so 2009 where were you when you knew you were alive?
1: Yeah and everybody thinks that some of the lads know one know, rumours before before the land squad was announced yesterday about guys that were potentially going to be involved and none of the rumours actually came out that were true so for me um, it was finding out on Sky Sports it was out on the pitch um, and Johnny Davis, the strength and conditioning coach at Ulster came out and it was a beautiful day outside and I was just walking about the pitch kicking a ball um, there was a couple of lads outside, and he came out and he just gave me a thumbs up and gave me a high five, and that was it. But you know, there was other lads in in the the, the Ulster dressing room there, like Rory Best, who didn't get selected. So I wasn't one guy who was just going to go in and start running around, shouting and cheering, and you know, this is this is brilliant. But there was guys there that missed out as well that, that played with me for Ulster and Ireland. So I just you know had a smile on my face, and of course within ten minutes you're standing in front of a camera with a Lions jersey on and you're being asked <laughs> you're asked what you know what the crack is and um it was it was a brilliant proud moment. Just a pity I couldn't uh, go on and, and try and earn a earn a few more caps but that's the way it goes. Um it's definitely pro- for me it's been the pinnacle of my career. I know we chatted about it last night, but but for me to get selected on a British Nile uh, an Irish Lions tour was definitely the best, and I was playing the best rugby of my career as well at the time <clears throat> before I got injured. So I think playing my best rugby at the Pinnacle, playing for the best team, um, it was you know right up there with, uh, with with anything I achieved in my career. And um, it's it's just a great team to be involved in. Uh, you know the lads have to enjoy it, and I'm sure they will, and hopefully they do go on and achieve something spectacular that we're all hoping. 2001, first time you get the Lions call up? Yeah, it was, um,
2: I was a bolter, no doubt about it. I played a, um, a good Six Nations. But um, did I think it would be good enough to get ahead of Gregor Townsend? No. Um, but you get in and um, I got a call from Don Lennon because he was the manager at the time the night before and. Uh, it was at around quarter past 11 at night and the squad was being announced the next day. So I just, I was up in Jessica's house. So I just immediately got into the car and drove off to my parents' house and just um, started knocking on the window and I didn't know what was going on. But that's how much <laughs> it meant. Yeah. Because that was, in 2001 it was, you know I mean, times have changed, the technology has changed, but it was... I suppose to be ringing someone at quarter past 11 on a mobile was a little bit strange even back then because it was late and you didn't you kind of respected the values that anything after 6 o'clock was probably (laughs) out of 6 for you was
4: it yeah
2: (laughs) so it was massive news as Faith says I think it's all well and good now because of thankfully the good careers we've had but at that stage for me it was it was dream because you dream about playing for Ireland you dream about going playing for the Lions and to achieve that and to, to know you're going and I think um, as you say, you kind of it was like me going into the monster dressing room at the start. There was legends of the game. It was same with the Lions dressing room. There was Martin Johnson, Delaglio, um, um Dawson, all the English team that went on to win the World Cup in two thousand and three. Um, and it was such an eye opener that first tour. It was mm. just um, it was so good, so so good.
4: Do you have so, to? Oh sorry, and I was just going to say, do you, do you have to kind of feel then for the the likes of Dunica Ryan and Keith Earls, who kind of they would have been reported as like these guys are in the squad and then not to be in the squad as well as that?
2: Pat, I think it's absolute mental torture. I do, and I think that's the key point coming out of the last few days. I think it's it's horrendously difficult because if you're a competitor and Fez knows this, you want to go on this. Being on the Irish team isn't good enough at this stage because mm. you want to be the best in Europe you want to be the best in the world and if fella says that they're not thinking about it it's not true Yeah, how can you not think about it because you want to you know what I mean for me all through my career it was kind of trying to get to the level of character getting you know what I mean there was years you felt I was getting beyond Wilkinson and then he had the better of me but I felt like I was performing that's all you ask for to give yourself a shot getting in the test team and when you do that you sleep well at night but they guys that you know, I mean, from a completely selfish point of view, Earl Zee and Z, who've been on tours before, I think they probably would have hoped to get yeah. on again. And, you know, I mean, they don't know. I, I wouldn't think that their name isn't going to be named out. And you just look at the clip, I think, last night of, of Lee Halfpenny, I yeah, think, yeah. and what it meant to him. And he'd been on one before, because I'd say he was really touching Go, but mm-hmm. it opens a new debate about what his role is going to be on the tour.
1: And, um, do you reckon that video had it went up if he didn't get selected?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, know it's
1: always... popping a streamer uh, in uh, the background uh, like...
2: And oh. I suppose the question, if they're recording, do they know what the outcome is going to be? <laughs> yeah. uh, you know? Yeah. Uh, like Who's having this... Uh, wouldn't you love if his name wasn't named out and it was like everyone abusing Gats? Is there... My boy Lee has done it all his life. <laughs> you know? But like it's... It's those guys that you feel sorry for but mm. I think to give them a, a bit of comfort you have to remember that's the opinion of, of one coach and this management team and I think if anyone else was picking it they'd be different so you'd hope it won't affect their confidence and they won't get down in themselves and to, they'll continue to aspire to get on the tour but if, um, if it is you that person and I didn't have that feeling um, because in 2013 I, I was it was, it you were it done. was yeah, but <laughs> it, it, even the competitor inside you says you're yeah, still yeah. subbing for Ireland, you're thinking maybe they might bring a bit of experience. that's how wild your your mind gets carried away because you still think you've done it in three tours and you're kind of going as an outside shot, yeah, I could offer something in the last twenty minutes, but it, today you stop thinking like that at the day you're finished mm-hmm.
0: yeah um biggest so the forty one man named on this, which was a surprise in itself, I think mm, going yeah. up from thirty seven possibly thirty eight Biggest surprise name in that?
1: For me, there's there isn't really any surprises because they're all such quality players. Uh, um, no, come on, give me give me a That Jarrah Payne's surprised. left field, but I called it like Pat. I thought Jarrah yes. Payne would go because he brings. He, he's been. He grew up in New Zealand. Yeah. He's played in all those stadiums. He's uh, played against a lot of these guys. week, in, week out, if only a few years ago. Um And anytime he's got an opportunity with Ireland, he's taken it with both hands. So for me, he was, yeah, he was a bit left field, but I think he was in with the shout. Uh, I know everybody else thinks that maybe Simon Zebo or something like that probably deserved it to get in ahead of him. But um, when it comes to the pack, geez, you just look through the names and it's just quality. And then you look through the names that have missed out and it's quality. <laughs> so for me, it, if there if there had been somebody like um, I don't know somebody I was maybe expecting a, a player like you know uh, like Wade was selected four years ago and, and Wade was kind you know, of out of nowhere mm. um, but there's no nobody really like that this year and um, he's went with a strong powerful physical uh, squad of 41 players and I think that was that was the biggest shock for me was the size of the squad mm. uh, I thought it would have been 37 38 players. Um, but it's New Zealand's a long way away, and if somebody needs to be called out, there's the time difference and everything else. So maybe that a couple of extra players make a difference uh, if called upon. Any surprises for you, Rog? Um, I wouldn't know as much about the back row, but I think
2: mm. potentially with Haskell and Robshaw not getting the sniff, or Jamie he slipping on uh, Ross Mariarty Obviously, I suppose had a big season. I I wouldn't have known much about him twelve months ago, but. You look at his performances in the Six Nations, and I think he justified it um, because he has big impact and ballast carrying the ball. I think Kyle Sinclair wouldn't know too much about him. Um, what were the other options? I suppose. Ryan. There was talk maybe? John Ryan putting in and watching him live in Torman Park. I think he had a chance, but that's with Irish glasses on,
4: obviously. Um, there was Nell as well, but he doesn't see. Maybe he's he had the neck surgery, didn't he? So I don't know what he was. I one think,
2: one. yeah. I suppose the the. The big, I suppose, interesting point for me is uh, the the really successful English team. The spine of that team has been left at home. He in li- terms of Hartley, Launchbury, Robshaw, Haskell, Ford, Mike G- Gatlin likes the England bench quite a lot. Um, yeah. yeah, well, exactly. You know, you look, there's 16 from England gone, and mm. a lot of their senior players, leaders, left behind so it'll make for an interesting dynamic come um, the November internationals because you're going to have boys, 16 fellas that were on the Lions tour a lot of their leaders that will be driving the meetings that weren't on the Lions tour and naturally the guys that were on the Lions tour are coming back to listen to the guys that were felt weren't good enough to get picked on a tour and these are the guys that are driving their ship hmm. which that will be um, sparks flying I would think.
0: <laughs> Gatland um, at the launch said that Gary Ringrose was very unlucky to miss out he seemed to make a point about this is is that annoying if you're Ringrose or is that good to hear look I'm I'm in that conversation I could yet get out
2: there no, I think it's extremely annoying for him because um, you know did Bentio dream about playing for the Lions I wouldn't think so I didn't think it featured maybe till 12 m- months ago Gary Ringrose I would say has dreamt about it all his life and that's I think tough when you He's been exceptional, and I think his acceleration um, and his growth would be huge on a tour like that. Um, obviously, he's the next man in, considering if that's what Warren said, um, and hopefully he'll get a chance to show what he can do. But um, it's uh, it when you're yet so close and, and you don't get it, I think it becomes um, really, really difficult.
4: Well, that's even the thing. I, I kind of think that... I always thought Ringrose was going to make it because this guy might just go off the charts in the next couple of years and you've left him behind Like so I always thought it was the, the potential that you're buying into as well and then the likes of like Delalio and O'Driscoll would have been talking him up and maybe the likes of O'Driscoll would have Gatlin's ear they've had a few conversations as well like but
1: I don't think so Pat <laughs> 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 <laughs>
4: I <was fun> <laughs> <laughs> that he had his ear there was a look between Raj and
1: Fez as soon as you said that
2: <laughs> Jonathan Davies might have his ear <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: yeah uh, no R- Ringrose is a great player but like Rod's, uh mentioned last night that when he, when he first went on tour and Johnny Wilkinson he was like his understudy and he was mm-hmm. getting up at 7 o'clock in the morning kicking kicking at lunchtime, kicking after training, you know, absolutely busted at night time, you know, how much would Ringrose learn from playing with the experienced players and training with the experienced players and getting exceptional coaching day in, day out I think a, a, an awful lot so mm. um, I'd agree with Raj, I'd be I, I wouldn't be happy either if it was him and you always want to strive to to reach your, your potential and play for the best team about so yeah it's disappointing for, for, for him but he's got a lot of time in his hands and um, he just needs to keep himself fresh and fit in, in the next couple of weeks and you know, hopefully he gets himself out there Ian Henderson made it yeah he did he yeah.
0: wasn't in everyone's squads coming in um, particularly with someone like Atoji already there who can obviously cover lock and back row Ian Henderson when fit we know he's a monster yeah um, what's the potential for Henderson on this tour
1: I think it's huge but it's interesting like Atoji played six for the whole Six Nations and Ian Henderson's played six for every game he's played for Ulster but yeah they're both named the second rows in the Lions tour. so it's um, f- for me Hendy was Hendy was st- there, thereabouts, and I will. I couldn't say that he was a boulder, and he was one hundred percent going to get selected. And the last couple of weeks, uh, he played a lot better against Munster there, down in and Park. And um, I think if there was a, a decision to be made on on that, then that game might have helped them, uh, helped them get into Warren Gatland's uh, India squad. But there's no doubt he's a great talent. He's a big man. He's a powerful man and hopefully we get the best out of him in this Lions Tour because I think his potential is great I think he's got so much more to offer um, and I think that's the way Warren Gatlin feels about him also so yeah, he's a, and, and, do you know what, he's a really good guy very smart, intelligent guy um, and he'll add a lot to the squad uh, and, and again, come back a much better player
2: yeah, I think he has a bit to go to get to the I wouldn't agree with that he's he's a monster I, d- I don't see that in his performances yet because for me he's he seems like a clean pro the monsters for me are the Leamy's, the Ferrises, the Quinlan's, the Sean O'Brien's in the background, I don't think he has got to that stage yet What What do you think he needs to add? I think he needs to add a uh, dog and that's a simple way of saying I, yeah. I, I look at moments from Leamy's career, Sean O'Brien's career, Fez's career, Quinny's career uh, you know Fez picking up Guinea in, in Eden Park and literally driving him 15 yards down the pitch but he didn't place him on the ground you can be sure he walked all over him when he <laughs> when he dumped him I, I think that's the I think the animal in in, uh, in Henderson has yet to come out you'd love to kind of be able to play behind him with a baseball bat and hammer him <laughs> so he's really on edge all the time and I think that's that will bring his game to a whole new level when he has that when he's on edge and you just love sometimes that he kind of just lost it because as Fez says the days of talking about potential are over he needs to kick on to a new level because I think physically even when we were training he was a lot on the (coughs) when I was there he was on the the B team a lot but like if you were looking to kind of um, (coughs) mess up the A team training at times you kind of have a look where it would be Sean Cronin, myself Henderson were kind of the fellas you'd be hoping to kind of Create a play that they could get the the ball in their hands because they had the potential to rip open defenses. But yeah. I just think when he gets that hard edge and when he's angry, I think uh, he'd be very very hard to live with in, in terms of world rugby. So we need some, someone to poke Henderson with a stick,
0: just <laughs> get him annoyed, and then watch out, New Zealand scrum halves.
1: Well, I'd uh, just he'd um be playing in the second row though. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, the
0: squad, the, the makeup of the squad. So we know it's a big squad, but some of the names that are in there does it tell us something about the way they're going to play? Last week, uh, Roger, I think you mentioned that if Halfman is actually in the squad, that tells us something.
2: Well, that was my opinion. Yeah, I, I felt like um, obviously people won't forget how he kicked against Australia in a really high pressurized Test series. He was um, impeccable, and I think he's got the nod in that because. Um, I would say his playing performances for Toulon and his kicking performances for Toulon and Wales are not where they were
0: they're still very good but, but they're not they're not half many
2: yeah, of four years you, you ago Who was stats are dangerous too in terms of watching the stats I think in some of the kicks he's missed you'd expect Lee Halfpenny to kick because yeah. I watch him closely and I think um, but it could be, and I saw Warren comment on it last night, it could be a big um, point, a difference for for the Lions. They feel that they have better goal kickers um, going into this test, and they probably have better goal kickers. Yeah, they're openly talking
4: about that, yeah.
2: They, like if you look at Halfpenny, Farrell, uh, Bigger, Sexton, for them, mm. I would say obviously Farrell, Halfpenny and Johnny, um, I think are better kickers than Bigger. Um, Bigger obviously wouldn't have as m- m- as many miles on the clock because half penny kicks for Wales. But when he's had the opportunities for Ospreys, he's delivered. But then against recently against Leinster to win the game, he misses a kick from thirty yards in front. Well, rog, you can't do that.
1: Rods, do you need more than a goal kicker to beat New Zealand? Like, do you I need do you need guys to be coming in? Like, when was the last time you seen half half penny make a like a, a, a serum bust? You know, a massive line break. No, through? I
2: would I would agree with you. I would have, I thought that. um I didn't think he'd make the squad and I Mm -hmm. thought um, if he's gone it means for me if I was to put myself in the management shoes I think he's starting the first test at the minute because I think if you have him as you said you have him on the pitch literally to kick the points because he's a machine to kick points but Mm -hmm. I agree with you I like the idea of um, just thinking about last night I think Liam Williams has really performed for Wales against the All Blacks at 15. Mm. And I think he's an exceptional player. Hogg will be there. But you you know yourself between he's going to be tested defensively like he's never been tested before.
0: But the, the style of play. So you've got the, some of the guys who've been picked, This centres especially, Ben Teo was there. Um, Mariarty and the forwards We already talked about. Uh, do we get the impression that this is, does this confirm the Warren Ball theory of this is how we're going to this is how he thinks we're going to beat the All Blacks which is you pick it up around the corner you smash them in the fence and you sit back and if Lee Halfpenny is there you pick up the
2: penalties I think the game has changed and Fez is right I think that policy is is finished because nowadays it's all about trying to I think put the team under the team with the ball under immense pressure so that you get the ball back in a counter attack situation because that gives you the greatest opportunity to score tries from because you're able to manipulate the defence without thinking. Nor- nowadays, if you're trying to score off scrum or line-out against the All Blacks, I think that's a really difficult task because their defence is set and they've repped this so many times. Nowadays in rugby, the opportunities come from um, an unexpected knock-on and um, unstructured attack. So... Um, I, I don't think anything has changed in the fact that Warren has always put a big emphasis on on size and strength, mm. and he's picked players like that. I think the TO is, I think the one image that sticks in my head was the when he changed the game against Scotland. Was it again coming off the bench? Wales. Wales, he came off the bench and Wales.
4: France. Yeah, he got to try against France too.
2: So he he has that, and he's, um, he has that impact. But it'll be interesting to see how how he. How they
1: envisage dismantling the um, the New Zealand team? If you look, if, I suppose from my point of view, um, it's an interesting point. You pick your bench. You know, if you're going into a first test and you have somebody like Moriarty, Henderson, Sinclair, Teo on your bench, you're bringing those f- four or five lads on to make an in- freaking serious impact that are going to go out and physically try to try and dominate their opposite number, and. I think Warren Gatlin has that in his mind or the coaching staff have that in their mind that when the going gets tough at 55-60 minutes you're going to have to have guys that know they're, know they're playing well and know they're physically capable of mixing it with the with the New Zealanders and um, I think it's going to be very interesting the ben City picks going into the first test to, to see if they can try and close it out. But um, yeah, it's in- in- interesting. Like, but there's some serious par in the forty-man squad that's going.
4: Is that is that good news then for uh, like the likes of Rory Best then? Because Jamie George is seen as that kind of finisher as well that, that everybody's calling him that impact player. And then the idea of keeping that Irish front row together then as well is that do you reckon that's good news for for Best that you know George might be even looked at more so as a kind of fin- closer than a, a guy who started a game.
2: Yeah, I think there will be big emphasis Rory has earned the right to be a senior leader even with the Lions and I think um, ever since the last tour I think he took the lessons on board that that performance against the Brumbies wasn't good enough and it shattered him yet he looked himself in the mirror and he's become a completely transformed player I think mentally he's left that um, way way behind him you look at him for Ireland now he's very secure but I think what's going to be crucial is going to have to have a scrummaging hooker and bestie yeah. loves a one on one challenge in terms of that. I think he prides himself on, on being an old school hooker and getting his basics right, delivering at line out and delivering at scrum. And I think it's only when you play the game the psychological impact of having a solid scrum or winning that, what it does to your team. If you're conceding scrum even two or three penalties at scrum time, the pack becomes demoralized in front of your in front of your eyes. It's incredible when you're the number ten and you can just see yeah the flow of energy in front of you, and wh- even if it's fifty-five, forty-five, it's a massive advantage to the to the team that gets that uh, um, the benefit. And I think Bestie will be looking at driving standards every day and driving the team in terms of. Uh, I would probably think at the minute that
1: um, they're looking at him to start.
0: Yeah, don't forget about Ken Owens in that conversation. Yeah,
1: yeah. well, <laughs> I think I think also about Bestie is like he's selected on this tour four years ago. He wasn't initially selected. Yeah and you know going then getting the call up and then you're getting in there and mentally you know Rory was maybe thinking that he was fourth choice like four years ago where now he's selected he's on the tour mm-hmm. like his priority now is to start the first test and prove that he deserves yeah, that spot it's, a, it's so, a different mindset yeah it's a completely different mindset and he was handed the captain's armband as well you know, four years for that for for that game that uh, w- was a nightmare, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. So f- for me, it'll be a
0: completely different approach for Rory. So captain's armband, this Lions tour, same as last Lions tour. Sam Warburton. Uh, what is it that Gatland sees in Sam Warburton that means
1: he's the right man for the job? I, I have no idea. I, I don't know Sam Warburton that well. Um, I've never been involved in a team uh, with him I've played against him a few times but uh, yeah look, he's a, he's a great player um, and he's uh, he's achieved a lot of success with Wales so uh, and he won in in Australia four years ago so for me was he the man for the job I honestly don't know I probably would have went with Alan Wynne-Jones just the change in leadership and captaincy within the Welsh team mm. you know was handed to Alan Wynne was that to take a little bit of pressure off uh of Sam Warburn coming into the Lions tour. I'm not too sure, but to answer your question, I I've, I've no idea what, what type of fella Sam is and, and, and how good his leadership qualities are. I, I would agree with Fez, I've never been in his um in his company
2: so I can't offer an accurate verdict on mm-hmm. it. I think um to get the honour of captain in the two thousand thirteen and two thousand seventeen team is incredible and for him he should be um unbelievably proud because it's only when you think about Martin Johnson, O'Driscoll, O'Connell, that's the level and I got to know those three guys very well and the role they have is crucial. Incredibly crucial and um those three guys that I went on tour with were were inspirational and I think um you gotta play for your captain. It's the crucial thing and the captain, uh I can remember you know, I mean, especially Paul and um uh, South Africa, people were gobsmacked about how inspirational he was. Martin Williams, a guy who I'd really respect in world rugby in terms of what he's achieved and his opinions, and he's, I think, very calculated. He said he was the best captain he played under. And for a Welsh guy, Martin Williams at that stage would have had 70-plus caps under great leaders at both Cardiff and Wales. And for him to say that about Paul, it just stuck in my head. And the guys were literally, if Paul said jump, they were kind of, how high? because there is still a role for that in the modern game I think it's so, so important you got to perform with your performances and your actions but there's nothing like a few starting words either
4: Williams was actually speaking about um, Warburton there like um on the 2013 tour during giving a team talk and he actually turned around and he had to get sick during the team talk before they went out for one of the games because like, he was that pent up and that built up but he still went out and had a great game as well but I suppose you lads probably know there's probably been people getting sick in team talks <laughs> a few times yeah, in the past Yeah happens all the time you
2: know I think it's people I suppose on the outside don't understand the stress involved in, in the build up to a game especially those high pressurised game. but I think um anyone stand out well uh, yeah John Hayes was puked over a hundred (laughs) times before every game (laughs) you know what I mean I think (laughs) we're
0: we're going down a road here that I'm not comfortable with
2: Uh, I think maybe against who was it to be Tonga the USA Hayes didn't have a puke (laughs) (laughs) every other nation he did Oh he's never
0: just going to annoy people right we'll leave it there for the Lions talk Uh, up next we will have our preview of Munster Saracens and Leinster Claremont in the Champions Cup semi-finals
1: Murder, she wrote, is the perfect
2: thing to watch during the day. You can watch the start, fall off for 40 minutes, come back, see the end, perfect. You know what I mean? You've missed nothing, really.
0: Remember, right, Kev in the Killine, he used to have to bring two TVs into the room, one for you for
2: them. Like every red-blooded male in the country, he'd be watching the horse racing, whereas I'd have a TV for myself for things like Murder, She Wrote and Houses Under The Hammer. Murder, She Wrote is the perfect thing to watch during the day.
1: The Hard Yards on Sports Joe, backed by Ladbrokes.
0: We're back on The Hard Yards. It's a huge weekend in the Champions Cup. Munster and Leinster both vying for a place in the final, but they both face very, very tough tasks. Firstly, um, one little thing we'll go back to, um, Stephen. You said that when the players who haven't got selected for the Lions, um, there's a bit of a different mindset there. So does it, that might be the case in Munster, the couple of players yeah, in Leinster. Right. How do you deal with that? that hangover integrating those players making sure that it doesn't get involved in the preparation for what is an absolutely crucial it's the biggest weekend of the season so far
1: yeah of course it is but you know the lads are going to be disappointed uh, you know that's a given but at the same time they're professional they're going to get stuck back into training and um, when it comes to semi-final time with your your club or province you know you, you want to put in your best performances and you want to try and win something for your club and that's very important also so uh, you know the likes of Simon Zebo, Keane Healy and you know Keith Earls or whoever else that didn't Gary Ringrose that didn't get selected they'll be doing their very very best to try and win something for Leinster and Munster but it's going to be difficult they're, they're, they're facing two uh, very very good sides um, but uh, I wouldn't say there's going to be a hangover just yet and um, they'll, they'll be putting in big performances and making sure that if there is an injury or there is somebody that pulls out, that they're definitely next in line. Uh, right from the coaching point yeah. of view, is yeah, this something you can channel?
2: Yeah, there's for me there's two things. I think that um, the team is always bigger than the individual. And I think um, not alone will they be inspired to play for their local team at the weekend. I think it gives them an opportunity to out and show them that they've made a mistake and leaving them behind and that has to be motivational for them I think it gives them um, they should be licking their lips and hopefully going out there and, and getting the performance for for their team that gets them to a European final imagine monster situation this time last year They were there was talk about them not making the European Cup so the transformation they had has been incredible they probably had you know, I mean, three players that I think have legitimate causes to be disappointed in terms of Dunne, Earl Earlsie, and uh, Zeebs But for them, the best thing for them to do is to make sure that Monster win it the weekend. That they have added motivation. I feel as opposed to you would hope with the experience they've earned and the dressing rooms they've been in, that they wouldn't look upon it as uh, a slight on them for not getting picked, and they wouldn't question their their potential or their capacity to perform. So I think um, it's a massive weekend. I'll um, as it is I don't think um, as Fez said I think the first one or two training sessions will be difficult and after that that's the great thing about getting the Adorphin release you move on to something next the next challenge and if you're not inspired to play in front of a of Viva um, or you know in a a buzzing uh, Leon Stadium at the weekend there's something wrong with you So Saturday afternoon um,
0: importantly for the TV watchers if you're not in the ground it's on BT the Munster Saracens match 3.15pm I say that because people always get in and they switch on Sky and it's not going to be there but that's the deal we have Uh, it's a big game obviously Saracens have six Lions uh, which is incredible all I think uh, below the age of 27 which is remarkable for any team they destroyed Glasgow Uh, Munster we've gone through the, the type of players they have obviously someone I'd throw into the mix who might yet get out to the Lions Tour someone like John Ryan um, but how do Munster set themselves up to beat this Saracens team who destroyed a very, very good Glasgow side in the quarters?
2: Yeah, Munster, I think I think they have the ingredients. I think I wouldn't underestimate the, the role the support will play. For me, it's a little bit of a reminder of England coming to the Aviva to play Ireland. I didn't give England any chance and um, I think that's the way it worked out. I think Saracens are further down the road in their development, their capacity to handle um, an extreme crowd in, what, in terms of what they will see on Saturday. For me, they are the best team in Europe and they have been consistently because they have capacity to play for each other and to get over the winning line when everything is against them, even last weekend against Northampton. Yeah. So uh, they play a really, really um, high-pressurised game and they force teams to, uh, do things that they haven't planned to do during the week. So Wiggles will, will kick it long and hard. They'll come up with a big defensive line. Etojo will try and get on the porch. And penalties in front of the post, 3-6-9 by Farrell. Then they'll score one or two tries. It's up to Munster, obviously, to, ha- to win the kick tennis, I think.
1: I, I totally agree with you, Roger. Watching them against Glasgow and just seeing that they did, didn't contest the breakdown at all straight away and there's just this black wall and when you get Finn Russell gets the ball and he's looking up and guys are just flying out of the line and um, absolutely smashing the Glasgow lads it was like how do you actually get in behind this team and get on the front foot you know is it a case of picking and going and using them all to to gain territory and win cheap penalties or you know, do you do what every other team does and play in the Saracen's hands because that's what they keep inviting you to do, is play a bit of rugby. And they don't start contesting the ball until they're really under pressure. No, I agree. And the one
2: area of frustration, because um, we played them in the European Cup final, but they were a far better team on that day, but they put 14 in the front line. So what does that mean? That means that they won fella covering... 40 metres of space mm-hmm. here, 40 metres of space. So if you can kind of create an attack-kicking game, I feel you could get joy out of that. But A, puts big responsibility on your kick accuracy and B, your willingness to win the ball. Because as you know, Fez, every one of those situations you can't train for because A, you can either knock yourself out, B, you can knock out the fellow you're jumping against or C, you can fall and essentially break your leg. mm mm-hmm and and that's that's the extreme level you need to go to try and get the ball but I think there are opportunities when they stack the front line like that and they put massive pressure on the 10 and the first and second receiver you know yourself many time hunting me down in training <laughs> <that's> <laughs> what do I want all day time on the ball mm-hmm. if I have time on the ball I can pick my option if you have four black jerseys coming at you it's really really difficult because what happens you kind of get a little bit dazed by it. Your passing line is blocked, and as you say, then you try and come up with a with the magic play. The magic play doesn't work. It's,
1: it's just it's watching it. It's, it's kind of like you get a one out runner and, and you maybe lose a yard, and then the out half would take the ball. And because he's under so much pressure, he's still going backwards. But so the next time he gets the ball, he decides to go with the kick option. But he's already retreated five yards, and he's under more pressure. Yeah, he's not kicking he, on his terms. Yeah, yeah, and it's just so difficult. I think you just gotta really take them on physically and try and dominate them physically. And do 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 Munster have that 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 strength to take Saracens on physically? I don't think they do. However, you talk about Saracens closing out a game against Northampton. Like Munster were were very, very, very average against Ulster and they still won. Like Ulster were the better team on the day, they just had more unforced errors. But Ulster should have closed that game out and they didn't and Munster turned it around and somehow over the line and is it because they were playing at home with their supporters there cheering them on make sure they wanted to send them home happy maybe so that again I agree with Rog could be a huge factor come Saturday so
0: so let's nip back to the decision making bit of this because without Conor Murray there who is a person who is very good at creating those attacking kick situations there's a lot of pressure on playing he is playing well but that's
2: a lot of pressure this is a big game for him yeah he's playing great I think I think he's I think he's been the key man I think he's given Munster huge belief I think their forwards believe in their number 10 to get them over the line and maybe subconsciously before that they didn't feel that for the previous two years and I think for a pack to know that they have a man who can, can deliver behind them I think gives them added confidence so I think he's getting the decisions right about kicking to the corner rather are going for driving mall whether to take three points and um, wh- what's really exciting about Munster is the choice they have behind the scrum I think f- for years there was always oh, c- good competition but I think the competition now has gone to a different level because um, the back three there's there's a lot of good players a lot of players in form between O'Mahony Zebo, Earls um Sweetnam as well so Sweetnam is back a star and player and, and Conway yeah mm. and you look at Sa'ili, um Scandal Tote and Scandal Tote, yeah. in midfield you know so there's there's, it makes for juicy training sessions which yeah. which all, always increases your opportunities at the weekend if you have um, fellas Looking to rip the head off each other in training. So then we move to France on
0: Sunday. It's a uh, 4 p.m. local, but 3 p.m. Irish time kickoff, which is important. Uh, Claremont hosting. What should well the yeah, it's fans it's be looking?
2: Yeah, it's not Claremont hosting. It's in. Well, sorry, Claremont home country advantage. Yes, exa- and an hour down the road, yeah. And, yeah. and it's in a big uh, Claremont strong stronghold. So yeah. all the locals will be rooting for Claremont and. I think Claremont are um, are extremely up for this one and well they'd they'd want to be really wouldn't they of (laughs) course you know I think um, but for me I think um, it'll come down to discipline and who's going to give away cheap penalties and I think Claremont have the capacity to implode more than Leinster do yeah from from your position again you,
0: you probably have a different view from being on the ground in France as opposed to seeing the odd game here which a lot of Leinster yeah. fans might do with, with Claremont what would you be looking for in Claremont's style of play that Leinster should be really targeting like is it, is it simply a discipline thing an all round thing
2: or is there something else no, that Leinster could get c- at see it's it's that's a difficult one because I think Leinster's greatest challenge is going to be stopping uh, Claremont's momentum yeah because you look about how they start games and the plays they have, their back play is very good and there's an awful lot of uh, thought goes into how they create their players because they have um excellent options, not alone with uh, Lamara, but then they can go to Stretler Bendeman Um and, and, and these guys with the ball are deadly dangerous. And I think Van Mahina if he gets on the front foot and they play offload, but they have very good shape. Um you know you look at the game against Ulster it was bizarre when Claremont were at home they absolutely blew them out of the water for the first 30-40 minutes and then Ulster if Paddy Jackson had converted it became a one score game Yeah. and you kind of thought all oh, the momentum with Ulster the key against Claremont is hang in there because yeah. the tide will turn you got to hang in there and you're going to be on the ropes I can remember for at times we were completely on the ropes over the years but the key for them is that they cannot sustain it and then after 50-60 minutes there will be a momentum shift and then Minster will back their fitness because these guys will be fitter than Claremont well, that, no doubt that shift it. happened in the quarter final with Toulon, Toulon were hanging in again and again and again and then
0: that momentum that you talked about wave after a wave of Claremont attack just pummeling them
1: I think as well it's yeah, you you want to stop their, their momentum but how do you do that? When, when you're given the opportunity, you want to hang on to the ball, you just don't want to cheaply turn it over again and give them it back so mm. when they do seem to be getting a bit of momentum and you do get the ball it's you got to build multi-phase and you got to hold on to it and you got to turn the pressure back onto them and to get them guys doubting themselves, jeez, we are in for a hard day here, instead of just cheaply giving the ball back to them, a poor kick a poor cheap penalty and then Next thing, there's another ten or fifteen minutes of of waves of pressure coming from Claremont. So um, I think Lancer really got to be patient with uh, and without the ball this weekend. Keen
0: Haley's a bit of a loss, suspended for a couple of weeks after that incident against um, Connacht. But how do you
1: see how do you see these two games going as predictions? Well, I got I got my quarterfinal predictions right, did you so uh, that, yeah. <laughs> you did get well. that in there, Fez <laughs> oh, I
2: got it right, lads. So,
1: uh, anybody who was betting with Ladbricks <laughs> will have won a lot of money. By uh, Mystic Fez How's it going to go? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? Um, the Irish teams have done really, really well. Um, I don't sit on the fence, so I'm going to say it's going to be a win for Saracens. And it's going to be a win for Claremont.
2: For me, um, just to finish up with the point, I think you're going to have a really interesting contrast of styles between Leinster super structured and really backing their game plan against an instinctive, I would say, uh, game plan by Claremont. They'll have a little bit of structure, they'll have a little bit of shape, but it'll be fascinating to watch. Uh, for the neutrals, the value in the two approaches, how they work under the extreme pressure of semi-final cup rugby. Hmm. Um, so who are you picking? I think Leinster. <laughs> <laughs> I think Leinster. I, I think Leinster will beat them. I think Leinster really? will beat Claremont, and um,
1: and I'm you got to go with Munster then.
2: I, of course, I'm not gonna. I, I, I can't I can't call the game in Dublin because I think Saracens for me. I said whoever beats Saracens lifts the cup.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. What's the didn't. What's the spread on the games? Three
0: three 3.5 uh, Point favourites That Saracens Against Munster And Claremont Are
4: 2.5 um, In France okay. But I think, I I, think we'll I, I, I'm going to just Throw in mine Because I went against Saracens last time I'm going to go Munster And Claremont But I'd be Absolutely delighted If it went the other way around Next up we have Haley O'Connor
0: From Ladbrokes To talk about The best odds For this weekend's this game sounds. And perhaps a bit On the Lions tour
1: The hard yards On Sports Joe Backed by Ladbrokes
0: we are back and now joined by Hayley O'Connor from Ladbrooks. Hello. Hi. Uh, we've just had a very good chat about um, the Lions squad. And I suppose we've got 41 players named. We now know who the captain is. All those things we now know. And we look ahead to the Lions series. So what do Ladbrooks have as the, the, the chances of, of victory for the Lions?
3: Well, I mean, obviously there was a, a, f- a one or two kind of things that we didn't um, predict about about the the squad. Um, a couple of people left out, but as you said, looking ahead. Um, so basically, to for li- the Lions, um, New Zealand are uh, one to five to win. The Lions are seven to two, and a draw is thirty three to one. And <laughs> um, for New Zealand uh, to for the score to be three 0 to them, it would be even money. Two one, seven to four, and for the Lions, the British and Irish Lions, um, to have a clean sweep three nil. It's twenty to one. So that kind of there, there's
0: a chance. A <laughs> <laughs> but, but but seriously, is that? I mean, they're all, they're they're the perennial favourites for the World Cup. They're the favourites for every match they play. And the All Blacks are nigh on unbeatable at home. Are those odds even generous? Like.
4: <laughs> yeah, they were, they were talking. I remember Five Live were talking to Graham Henry last night, and he was like, oh, "It's just the toughest test I'll ever have." And someone's like, "Really?" And he's like, "And he's just like, yeah, really, like you know, it's it's New Zealand and winter, like you know, and." Up against all the super rugby sides as well, so they're gonna be absolutely battered. Uh it's gonna be front page news over there as well. They're gonna the whole country's gonna turn on them and uh yeah, they'll be I think they actually are kind of generous odds. So I, I, yeah, I might might if I had a, a spare Euro I fend on the couch I might throw it on that. But, but I wouldn't expect to see it back. We're not going for the twenty to one Lions three
0: 0 no. victory, no. <laughs> okay. Um, so the line. over. So then we had some big games. Um, I suppose before that, there there is an interesting one about the Barrett's. We talked about the Barrett family. You know, they are multiplying. <laughs> um, there could be another one there, but even <laughs> by, by the time this goes out. Yeah,
3: I think I think there's like five brothers and three sisters and they th- when his. His um, Kevin Barrett their dad, was having his last match. They said, "What are you going to go do?" And he said, "Oh, I'm going to go and breed some All Blacks." <laughs> and he definitely, he definitely has. Um, so we did a special that um, last week. We uh, went up with Geordie um, Barrett uh, Bowden's younger brother, to start his fr- to start the first test for the uh, New Zealand for the Lion Tour, and that was twelve to one. He's now gone into eight to one because he wasn't selected for the Under Twenties World Cup, which s- would suggest. That uh he could he could be playing and um to to make the pitch at any time during the, the tour it would be he's gone now to two to one from, from three to one. But um St Bridget's GAA should, could have something to thank for the uh for the Barrett brothers because they actually came over to, to Mead for eighteen months and um got stuck into the local lifestyle, so maybe their time playing GAA has uh, contributed somewhat to their success, but um, I think you would be clutching at straws <laughs> to <laughs> take any credit. We'll,
0: we'll claim anything at this stage, I think. Uh, no, I been mean the, the, the bit of skill last week, that Geordie Barrett showed on the touchline was, if you haven't seen this, go get ye to YouTube and look it up. It's mm. just an extraordinary bit of skill, but we should be used to that.
3: What age From is he? 19?
0: Oh, depressingly young, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> OK, let's go on to something more interesting. So the, weekend, the weekend's games, uh, Fez, of course, was interested after his great showing at the quarterfinals <laughs> when he called him right. Uh, he was interested in the spreads. So when I looked at them, it was 3.5% uh, point favourite Saracens in the Munster matches. That's still the case?
3: Yeah, yeah. So Saracens um, are 7-4 on uh, for the match. Um, you can back them minus three, as you say. Yeah. Um, Munster, 6-4. to four. It, Actually, they're the exact same odds. Um, Munster and Leinster are 6-4 to four underdogs yeah. uh, this weekend. But I, I think... Munster might be more likely to cause uh, an upset um, if you look back um, this will be Munster's 12th uh, European Cup semi-final but Saracen's 5th in a row um, but actually Munster are leading in terms of the time, the amount of times they've beaten them in, in, in clashes um, Leinster 6-4 to four, Claremont 4-7 um, to seven. as I mentioned last week we really need Claremont to win because everything else is a loser in our book uh, and Leinster um, you can back them plus, plus 3 in the handicap as well
4: yeah, they, they was there was. I could just see the uh, Ladbrokes offices being festooned and kind of yellow, yellow <laughs> and blue for the weekend, like everybody cheering on Claremont. Uh, yeah, and I suppose
0: we'll leave it with this, that Chris Ashton needs one try to become the top try
4: scorer in European Cup history. Um, I, I'll be really happy about that. <laughs> Just another Warren. Are you watching T-shirt? Yeah. You got it. Flash as he <laughs> swan dives over the line. Oh yeah,
3: was. he missed out. That sixteen to one. We priced that right. Yeah, <laughs>
0: I think
4: you're pretty pretty
0: right. Bang on on that. Um, okay, we'll we'll wrap it there. Uh, thank you very much to everyone today. Thank you to Raj. Thank you to Stephen Ferris. Thank you to Helly O'Connor. Thank you to Pat McCurry our producer is Joe Harrington Shane Dempsey is on sound the podcast is available on iTunes, Podcast Republic, Stitcher and every good podcast app thank you for listening to The Hard Yards I'm Andy McGiddy, and we'll talk to you next week
1: The Hard Yards brought to you by Ladbrokes passionate about sport